You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. This morning, uh, we are uh, continuing a series we've been uh, walking through this month called Home for Christmas. And uh, for, for uh, this message, before we get ready for Christmas Eve, at Christmas at Calvary next Sunday, uh, we're talking about a home of joy. And uh, I've asked our youth director, Rosemary Hook, to come on up. She's going to be sharing our message this morning. So excited about what God is doing with our students. And uh, God has a great word she's given, he's given her, and I can't wait to see, hear what he's going to do. There you go, Rosemary. I really thought and uh, was excited. I thought that you were going to wash Colin's feet. I was like over there and I'm like, yeah, make Colin take his shoes off. It's gonna be so awkward. And like as the youth director, like I live for awkward. Like I love it, but it didn't happen. And I was a little disappointed in that, but that's okay. Well, as Pastor Nick said, if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, net, yet, whatever. My name is Rosemary and I'm the youth director here at Calvary Church. And this whole message is based on transparency, and I'll get to that in a minute. So I'm going to be super transparent with you is that I have two sick kids at home. I know, it super sucks, but I'm really tired. (laughs) I was up all night nursing fevers. So if I, like, say things like net instead of yet, only make fun of me minimally, okay? All right. (laughs) We're on this ride together, people. So as I said, I'm the youth director here at Calvary Church, and what that means is I host all of our teenagers here at Calvary. Some people are like, ew, teenagers, yuck, gross. I love it. I'm here for the gross. I'm here for the weird. I'm here for the tough questions. They keep me on my toes, and like no one can sniff out inauthenticity like a teenager, right? And I love that. They're all about transparency. You got to shoot it to them straight. And that's what I will be doing with you lovely folks here this morning because that's what I'm used to. So we're going to be a little transparent this morning. Um, Because I don't believe in living in a Facebook reality, I don't just show the good stuff and the perfect stuff. I like to meet people in the mess because I am a fan of mess. I am a mess, a hot mess, on fire, like a dumpster kind of mess. It's great. We are one week away from Christmas. Who's excited? I am not. I am the odd man out when it comes to the magic of Christmas. I hate Christmas. I know. There's the Oz. Oh, don't feel bad for me. It's okay. It's a life choice. I choose it. Um, Christmas, you know, it can be magical. It can be the most wonderful time of the year, and people are so excited. Now, don't get me wrong. I love, obviously, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm thrilled by the fact that he was born into human flesh so we could be relatable to him and that we have his living word to live by, and I'm here for it. I just don't like what Christmas has come to mean. I'm not here for that. I just hate that it's stressful, it's chaotic, it's pressure, it's expectation like no other. It's anxiety, even if you don't have anxiety. I'm not an introverted, anxious kind of person. I don't know, that might shock some of you that I'm not introverted. But (laughs) Scott is like the polar opposite of me, and yet somehow we are like best friends. It's great. But I'm not introverted. I don't have anxiety. I feel for people that do, but at Christmas time, I feel like I can relate a little bit to those of you that are anxious. It gives me incredible amounts of anxiety. As an adult, as a mother, a father, even a child, you feel as though you have to be everything to everyone. 
You have to be the chef, the purchaser, the decorator. I hate decorating. <laughs> I feel like the Grinch. I loathe it entirely. <laughs> Fun fact, when I moved out on my own, I have no idea. My mom's here somewhere like five, six, seven years ago. I'm not sure. But whenever she kicked me out, um, <laughs> I never had a Christmas tree. Here's the Oz again. Oh, it's so sad. But I didn't. I lived alone in my apartment. I did not want to put in the effort of putting up a Christmas tree, taking down a Christmas tree. And again, I dislike Christmas. So there was no Christmas decorating inside or outside my apartments until I met my now husband. And he is the Buddy the Elf Clark Griswold <laughs> to my Scrooge McDuck the Grinch. Again, it works. I don't know why, but it does. But he put a tree up in my apartment, unbeknownst to me, and I left it up for like an entire over year time, like 400 and something days until I moved. I left that tree up. And it was like, you know, a childish fit that I was doing. I'm like, I didn't put that tree up, so I'm not taking it down. <laughs> if he were here today, he is unfortunately home with our children. But if he were here today, he would tell you. He likes to tell the story a little differently. He says that I left it up because every time I looked at it, it made me think of him. <laughs> Which is not true. I just was like, I didn't put that crap up. I'm not taking it down. <laughs> but, so for about 400 and something days, that Christmas tree stood in the corner of my apartment in a form of protest. Christmas is magical, is what people always tell me. They're like, Rosemary, it's so magical. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but not for everybody. And I'm gonna do a little sidebar here that's not in my notes. Scott, it is amazing how the Lord gives us this word for today and how like we didn't discuss, I think I literally all you knew about my message, I think I said was Psalms 1611 because <laughs> that's when the worship team's supposed to come back up. That's a secret. But so when you see them all magically, it's the magic of Christmas, people. They know magically when to stand up and come back up onto the stage. But that's all he knew about my message. But this morning, what he spoke about ties so intricately into what I'm going to speak about. And it just like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Christmas is magic. No, it's Jesus. He gives us this word, and it's just amazing how it's so, he just weaved this morning together seamlessly from what Scott said and what I'm going to say. So, sorry, back to my notes. Back to our regularly scheduled program. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Not for everybody. Not for those of us who grew up with divorced parents. What? Double presents? Rosemary, that's awesome. Not those first couple of years. Uh, my mother couldn't afford a big Christmas because my dad had left. And watching her stress to make Christmas happen, let alone keep the lights on, keep our rent paid, it, it was stressful. Not for those of us out there that are the mother or the father who are stressing to make Christmas happen this year so their kid doesn't feel left out at school when everyone's talking about all the cool stuff they got. Not for those of us that don't have children to buy for, but so badly and desperately want children to buy for. Not for those of us who lost a parent this year and or years past, and this is the first year though that you have to worry about who's making the deviled eggs or the pumpkin pie because grandma isn't gonna be calling from the driveway to ask for help to carry things in. No, this time of year is anything but magical for some of us that are out there today. But I'm here today to speak into that because even though we may be somewhere that feels miserable, or even just mundane. This Christmas doesn't have to mean that we can't find joy. They don't have to go hand in hand. In Luke chapter two, verses eight through 10, it reads, 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great, great joy for all the people. Out of all the people that could have received that announcement about Jesus' birth, the Lord chose the shepherds. The shepherds are the ones that he chose first. And when I was reading that and preparing for this message, I thought, why? And there were a couple of different things. One of them, if you're friends with me on Facebook, I randomly posted about it this week. And that is how shepherds' only job, really, is to keep a lamb alive from birth to death. And Jesus is the perfect lamb of God. So he called the shepherds first. Another thing is that shepherds were lowly in society at that point in time. The shepherds' reputations were trash. They weren't great. If they tried to share a testimony in court, they weren't heard or respected because of their place as lowly shepherds. But when God shows up, he shows up to the shepherds right there, right in the middle of their mess, right in the middle of the field. Smelly, dirty, lowly, rejected. That's where he chose to show up. While society had forgotten about them and cast their opinions and thoughts aside with total disregard, God met them. God sought them out and found them in their mess. Jesus is associating himself with the people of low status, people who others would have said, we don't hang out with them. We would never be associated with them. Now we know what the angel is talking about when he shows up. It's the birth of Jesus. We've heard this story a hundred times. And if you're new here, you still vaguely kind of sort of know about the story of Jesus' birth. He says, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. The angel says the result will be great joy. Jesus will be great joy. The savior who has been born unto you will be great joy. What I love about this message is though, is that from the time of his birth, God has been revealing himself to people whose lives are a mess. And that makes me feel really good because like I said earlier, I'm nothing but a mess. So I'm here for it. Thank you, Jesus. Those of us who don't have it all together, those of us that are broken, those of us that are forgotten, those of us that are alone, he showed up in his mercy, in his grace and richness and said, you will have great joy. You will have great joy. I love that because great joy is a lot different than happiness. Happiness says, hey, if I get that present under the tree, I'll be happy. Great joy says, hey, whatever comes my way, I'm gonna choose to rejoice in the Lord. Happiness says, if I get that date, if I get that promotion, if I get pregnant by the end of the year, I will be happy. Great joy says, I'm content where I am, where the Lord has me in this moment for such a time as this. The angel doesn't say, you're going to have great happiness. He says something so much greater and more profound. He says, Jesus is here. 
so that you can have great joy. No matter what life throws at you, no matter what you can afford, no matter how sad, devastated, or full of grief, you can have great joy. The Lord, our Savior, who gives us eternal life, has been born unto us so that we may have great joy. In the kingdom, joy is not an option. It's a command. Paul says, be joyful. Don't wait until life gets better to be joyful. Don't wait for your kids to act right. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We text each other all the time. We're like, my kid did this today. And you're like, my kid did this today. Do you want to lock them outside? Sure do. (laughs) Do not. We don't. We just talk about it, okay? You need to vent. Venting is healthy. (laughs) You need to, yeah, we're in the same mess. We need to meet each other in our mess, okay? You need to vent it out sometimes. But don't wait for your kids to act right, to be joyful. Don't wait until that person says, I'm sorry. Last week we talked about forgiveness. Don't wait for that person to say, I'm sorry, to be joyful. Why? Because you'll sit around allowing worldly circumstances to rob you of the very thing that God wants to give you to get through that circumstance. Pop off, Kim. Everyone always refers to me saying pop off. I don't like pop off. I don't explode and get angry. I just, I'm like, pop off, sis. That's my thing. <laughs> Unless it's like to Michael or call, and I'm like, pop off, my guy. I don't call them sis. But anyways, back to your regularly scheduled program. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not gonna put my joy in the hands of someone else, especially my kids, Okay. If you have more than one kid, you have one kid. I saw this. I'm not going to take credit for it. This was on a meme on the Facebook. But you have one kid, if you have more than one. You have one that, like, you can trust home alone, right? He's going to do his homework, go to bed on time, eat his vegetables. The other one, you cannot trust them to hold an umbrella. You just can't. And that's fact. Nick's got a couple that will eat their vegetables, and then he has a couple, I I know the ones, that cannot hold an umbrella. (laughs) And that's okay. But don't trust the joy, your joy in the hands of anybody else, especially your children, because that ain't it. It's going to come back all sticky, you know? From what? Nobody knows. It just happens. There's just stickiness that kids naturally just provide. It's gross. Anyway, you say, (laughs) that's great. Nehemiah says, joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not going to put my joy in the hands of someone else. Joy is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's a settled certainty that God is in control. It's understanding that God is in control. When you find yourself in a mess and you're seeking the Lord's joy, you find it by realizing that God is in control. You are not in control. Stop stressing about it. Give it to the Lord and find your joy. You say, but Rosemary, you don't know my situation. I don't have to know. I don't want to know either. Don't meet me in the foyer and tell me all your problems, okay? I don't got time for that. Just kidding. (laughs) You can meet me in the foyer. Tell me about your problems. Because again, venting is healthy, right? Right. But you say, but Rosemary, you don't know my situation. I don't have to know. I know that joy is a choice. 
And the same God that was with Paul in the prison, the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead, the same God who calmed the storm in Luke chapter eight, the same God is the God that is with me and you right now, right here in our mess. Biblical joy is choosing to respond to external circumstances with inner contentment and satisfaction. My confidence is in God. My confidence is not in myself. That is a good thing, because I'm a mess, right? I've said it a hundred times. I'm a mess. My confidence is not in me or my own discernment. My confidence is in my Lord and Savior. What is joy? Joy is a person. You rediscover joy when you discover or rediscover Jesus. Jesus is the fountain of our joy. Biblical joy calls us to embrace our circumstances knowing that the result is joy. Joy leads to a positive attitude. Positive attitudes are actually a key ingredient for leadership. And you might be sitting there thinking, I don't lead anything. I'm not really a leader. And, you know, that doesn't apply to me. But if you're here today and you are saved and you are a Christian, yes, you are. Newsflash. You are a leader if you are a believer. The Great Commission is your assignment, and you are a leader. Somebody is being impacted by your life, whether you know it or not. Somebody is looking up to you as a Christian. Somebody is watching you. Somebody is emulating you, and they are emulating, emulating the way that you live your life. Joy leads to a positive attitude. Joy is not the absence of issues, but the presence of God. I don't want you to think, here we go again, another Christian, not living in the real world, not looking at reality, ignoring the problem and just praying, you know? You see those people, again, I'm going back to the Facebook. Facebook is the enemy, but I'm still like in it, you know? I don't know. I'm a mess, again, I'm not Jesus. I don't live a perfect life. But on Facebook, you'll see like news articles about something that terrible, you know, terrible that has happened. And people are on there and they're like, prayers. And then you got them other people that are like, oh, prayers, those are gonna help. They do though, you know, prayers do help. And as a Christian, you gotta lean on that. You gotta lean into that. Because joy is not the absence of issues. It's the presence of God. You bring God into the issues. You don't try to fix them yourself because I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but every problem that I have tried to solve or fix without prayer has just become more problematic. And again, like I said, I have two kids and a husband, which is like a third kid. He's probably watching online. I love you, but let's be real. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to make my problems more problematic. I have two kids, 10 and under, and then a third kid that's over 40. It's a lot of work. Amen, sister. Thank you. Amen. Men, get it together. If you can't tell me four things that your wife has bought family for Christmas, get it together. Help her out, okay? We are a week away. It is crunch time, people. Ask your wife what she needs, even if it's a foot rub. If she's like me and she's like, I don't want your help, it's because, not because she doesn't love you, it's because mildly she doesn't trust you to purchase anything. But... Offer to rub her feet, rub her back, do something like that. Make her a coffee, meet her in the morning. I hope you're taking notes at home, David. (laughs) But it's a stressful time of year. We all have issues right now. We are all stressing out. 
but it is not in our hands, just like the Amazon packages that you're still waiting on. They are in the Lord's hands now, okay? (laughs) They are in the Lord's hands. You're stressing out. Joy is available to you. It came in the form of a baby in a manger. Joy is a person. Joy is Jesus. If you do not feel joy, if you are like me and you do not like the Christmas season, you can still have the joy that we sing about up here on this stage because he was born unto you. He is here to meet you in your mess. And none of this is in my notes and the production team is probably trying to follow along and they're like, "Ah," but that's okay. Because the Lord is here and they have joy and I have joy and they're giving me a thumbs up. Right? It's all good. Now I gotta find my place on my notes. (laughs) Joy is not the absence of issues, but the presence of God. Psalm 1611 says, Worship team appear. Psalm 1611 says, In your presence, I am full of joy. You can be in the middle of your lowest valley. There you go. You can be in the middle of your lowest valley, but when you have the presence of God in your life, you have joy. Life may be great for some of us right now, and that's awesome. Things have never looked better, and Christmas is your all-time favorite, and you are like my husband, and you are Buddy the Elf, and the outside of your house has more lights on it than you can afford, and you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, and that is amazing. I'm married to one of you. I honestly do love you, and I strive to be more like you maybe one day, but not today. But for some of us, Christmas is a burden. Christmas is a reminder. Christmas is grief lurking in every family tradition. For those of you that feel like this is more of a reality for you and you're more relatable to your Christmas, or this is more relatable to your Christmas story this year, I see you. But more importantly, the Lord sees you. And if you call his name, you will find great joy. If you're here with us in person today and you feel like you find yourself relating to that second group of people, the ones that just aren't feeling it, and you're just going through it this season, I'm gonna ask you to be brave for me for just a minute. Again, I'm the youth director, awkward is my life. So we're gonna get a little awkward and if this isn't the first time, Lucas, you're not allowed to run away because I said it's gonna get awkward. (laughs) Calling you out, my guy. But it's gonna get awkward. If this isn't your first, or if this is your first time with me up here speaking this morning, you're not surprised by this. I like to make everybody feel a little bit weird and that's okay. But in just a few minutes, if this is your Christmas, if you're really going through it, I'm gonna ask you to be a little bit brave and a little bit transparent with our neighbors, okay? Because I feel that the Lord wants to meet you here and I wanna meet you here. We both wanna meet you here in your mess. In a few seconds, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Be brave, call on the Lord and raise your hand. Don't make it weird. Don't be awkward about it. If you're going through it this Christmas season, if you're full of grief, if you're lonely, whatever it may be, 
if you're going through a health diagnosis, if Christmas this year just isn't Christmassy for you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in a few seconds. Just say, Lord, here I am. It's me. I need your joy in my life because I can't make it through the rest of 2023 without you. The worship team's just gonna play softly up here. And then church, the rest of us, I'm looking at you. I need your help. If you see a hand that goes up when I ask them to go up, I don't even care if it's one person. If it's one person, y'all are liars. I mean, there's gotta be more than one person going through it this Christmas season. Let's get real. But if it's one person, I want everybody to mobilize and circle around that one person and just pray, pour into them. Just call on the Lord for them. Because sometimes we're just too tired. We're just too sad. We're just too lonely. And we need friends to help us out and to stand in that gap. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for your neighbor that's going through it. Because if we're being real with ourselves, we've all been there. We've all been in a mess at one time or another, and we've all had grief. We've all had stress. We've all had loneliness. So pray for your neighbor. If you see a hand raised, mobilize and pray for them. If you heard this message today and you feel like you can't sense the joy of the Lord this Christmas, I'm gonna call you now to raise your hand. If you need prayer this Christmas, my balcony people, if there's anybody in the balcony, look around. But if you need prayer this morning, just raise your hand if you're going through it. If you're lonely, if you're full of grief, there we go. We've got some brave people. There they go. All it takes is one. One needs to start the chain. And then the rest of you look around. You're not on your own. There's people in messes all around this church today. Amen and amen. Thank you for being brave. If you're going through it this morning, keep that hand up. If you need prayer this morning, keep that hand up. Now, everybody else, if you are physically able to, go to the person or people in your section and pray for them. I wanna see everybody moving. Don't stare at me awkwardly. I deal with teenagers. I'm used to just being stared at. If you're still praying, that's okay, and you can continue to pray for as long as you're led to. But we're gonna close out with a song. If you've received prayer today, and even if you didn't, I want you to take this time to talk to God. Communicate with him. Tell him what you need this Christmas season. Tell him if you need joy, if you need peace, if you need rest, he will provide it. He will show up in your mess because he is the God of joy. He is the God of peace. He is the king of heaven. And he wants to meet you here. And he wants to meet you in your mess. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.